Hello, and welcome to An Unconventional Guide to Success, where we are exploring concepts and discussing real-life examples, showing that the path isn't linear and the journey to success is self-defined. My name is Linda Misagatis. And I'm Scott Montgomery. And we will be your guides. Relationships probably start more with the heart, right? I think that relationships very rarely start specifically with the head. There's something that connects you to a person or makes you think, I want to have more conversations with this person. So kind of, I I know in the book, you say it's not what you know, it's who you know. So again, reversing what most people will say, which is it's who you, it's, you know, that it should be, it's, um, it is what you know. know. And I think, you know, the fact that you flipped that, I think was really interesting and said it's, it is more important with who you know, not what you know. So can you talk a little bit about yeah. that? Like, tell me why you feel it's my that favorite way. thing. It's my favorite thing. And I would say that it, it is my life's work, yeah. who I know versus what I know. It yeah. truly is. And, you know, I would say that's how you and I've maintained our relationship, even with the gap we had in the middle there, where things sort yeah. of required us to go back and build on our own sides. When, when you, when it's who, you know, not what, you know, and just applying what we've talked about today, there's opaqueness in relationships. I don't right. think there's opaqueness in partnerships. Yeah. But in a, in a in a new relationship and I define this well with some of the folks that have really trajected my career, supported me trajecting my own career. Right. Um, there was an opaqueness that that I didn't um have to see through in order to have the heart feeling that I knew this was the right person. Yeah. And I might even suggest that if if it was if and, and you're one of those folks it was in how you would respond to my heart statements or my heart actions. Sure. And I paid attention to that. Even if I didn't know where it was going to take me, I would trust that it was pure. I remember uh, one of the folks that was one of my biggest mentors. Name is, her name is Pat Delella. She's one of my biggest mentors in life. Yeah. I worked for her in the mid-90s. She's now working for us at WorldGate. We've had every role in between us in family and in work for the last 30 years. And I'll never forget the day she interviewed me sight unseen. I was referred Uh into her office. I went and knocked on her office door, showed up in her office door, and she said, let's talk. And the next thing I know, I had a job offer to be on her team. Wow. Wow. When I went to my first staff meeting, it was in Philadelphia, and I described this in the book. There were 30 of us or so on the team. When she walked in the room, I actually felt her presence before I looked and saw that she came in. There's something I pay attention to in how I respond to the people I interact with. Yeah. Yeah. I pay attention to those things. And what I do to honor those things is I tackle the what. So if I feel the connection with who, I then go tackle the what in order to keep the who close. So a lot of sense. And it's really served me well. It's really the key to instructions for the next generation. It's never what you know first. Right. I don't think it is. Yeah, yeah. And what I do is honor the what by getting better, getting stronger, applying the feedback, trying to supersede the feedback with even better or more results than the feedback yeah. provided. And as long as I'm with someone who's in a continual growth mindset with me, how do, I, how do you fail that success? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and it gives you an opportunity to reach back. So like your example with Pat is a great one where, you know, for um, you've had this, uh, she helped you at some point 
And now, um, now you've come back and helped her in, in, you know, in life as well. And I know that, uh, she's got an amazing relationship with your family as well. So she's, you know, she's kind of become part of all of that, but it's that give and take throughout the years. Um, and even though you left and went on to do other things from, from your relationship with, uh, with Pat, you still find yourself back there, right? So you still find yourself, you know, connected in some way. And, um, and I think that those in those relationships, if they're the right relationship, you are always willing to reach back and, Mm -hmm. um, and pull forward uh, when, when you need something and they're there for you. And you know what I would offer too, and this is really important for our viewers and for the folks we're trying to reach. Remember my story when she walked into the room, I felt her aura. Yeah. In today's world, I don't feel aura in any email I ever get. No, no, it's a really good point. And I think about that, you know, you said that earlier um, in one of our, uh, in our intro episode, kind of talking about that, um, you know, making the human connection. And I think that's so important because you see it all the time in business, right? Where um, you don't know the tone of what someone right. is writing. And so, you know, you can read it and now it's your per, uh, perception on how you're, you know, you're interpreting what they're saying and mm-hmm. it could create, and then that elicits your own feelings, right? And it could make you angry or it could make you sad or whatever. And that may not even be what the intention is. And rarely do people then just pick up the phone and say, Hey, let me clarify. Or, or if I'm on the receiving end, call you and say, Hey, I'm really upset by this um, message that you sent me. Can you explain? Because generally, it, there is it's not what you think it is. I mean, it's it's rarely you know. I so many times I've written emails or received emails, and when I really dig into it, it's it wasn't the intention. But I can't read intention in in an email like you said. It's got to well, be the spoken word. Well, and it's not only does it have to be the spoken word, but the other thing I've learned in my old age and experience, and I learned this from the other relationship. Her name is Melanie. Mm-hmm who has taught me a lot in business. I I make a lot of reference to her in the book, but one of the things that she and I, she's taught me and that I now agree to for everyone I interact with is always start with, they're not ill intended. Yes. And it will never fail you. That's a really really good point. Yeah. So it is a good way to, yes. Always Mm. assume positive intent. Yeah. And, and, And your response to that, at least for the first go around, Absolutely. Your response to that then doesn't always require the human interaction. I mean, Linda, we can't be on the phone with each other all day long. So when I get an email from you, I always assume positive intent. Absolutely. And it starts there. I think that's a really good point. It's the second round of conversation that might require you to pick up the phone call if someone's being an ass. (laughs) <laughs> right. Yes. Because it does happen. Let's not pretend yes. like everybody is, uh, is not ill intended because some people are for sure. And what they said is exactly what they meant sometimes. So, um, <laughs> so well, then we're going to talk about it. We got to talk yeah, about exactly. it. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be really something that isn't talked about much yeah. that I think is really important to get out there. So I appreciate just even this dialogue with you, Linda. It's good. No, I totally agree. Well, and what a question that I have for you, because um, I know the relationships that you have, um, you know, with like Pat and Melanie, and um, we haven't talked about Gretchen yet. We'll talk to about her in a little bit. But, um, you know, in those relationships, you have both a business and a personal relationship with them. Talk a little bit right. about the balance in that too, because, you know, that, that can be challenging again, because if you don't know how to delineate between the personal 
and the business, um, the waters can get muddy and that can, that can destroy a relationship. It can. And for me, the words rules of engagement are really critical here. And, you know, oftentimes they're spelled out in business and they're spelled out in intention. Yeah. So, you know, um, I'm not sending personal emails to business accounts. I'm not uh, taking advantage uh, to a personal benefit in business. Right. I'm following the rules of engagement. Um, I think it's really important. I also share my heart and sometimes I'll be able to share in meetings. I don't necessarily share my heart in a meeting right. and make reference to the personal things that are happening, yeah. but it's, it's, it's just uh, rules of engagement are the words that, that come up for me. And, and like those that. are, they're, they're independent of everyone's relationships. So for me, yeah, sometimes they get pretty rigid because of the way that uh, we're supporting a customer, whether it be commercial or public sector. Right. Uh, also, uh, not everyone gets a front row seat. I, I listen to the tea leaves, you know, I make reference to four or five people in the book. That's what it's been. That's what it's been for 30 years. These are not everyday findings, you know, but I, but I do feel like I honor those findings and I will take them to the mat any day of the week. So talk a little bit more though about, so in that situation, how do I make the decision if I'm a young person and I've got this great relationship that I've developed and, um, and I think you can help me with something, uh, in, in business, you know, I, I, I want something or I need something talk about how appropriate it is or isn't right to, to tap into for, for me to come to you and, and say, Hey, Scott, I need you to do this for me. Um, is that okay? Like, can I, is it all right for me to come to you as a, in our relationship and say, Hey, can you, can you do this? hundred percent. So for me, um, it, for me, it's always been the response to my heart that attracts me to the next event. Yeah. And you get a series of more events, the more my heart's exposed, but it's how you receive me or how I receive you that opens me up further. I can't tell you how many people have knocked on my door, come in here and said, I need advice. Yeah, that's great. They didn't make the book. They're not what I'm yeah. talking about. And yeah. there is a feeling, there is a trust, and there is a notion of expanding on that that is not definable by me to you. It's, Absolutely. It, it, it's got to be something that you're looking for. You can easily get advice from me every day of the week. I don't know that you're going to be in relationship with me. I like that. Yeah, because I think that's important to to also let our our viewers know too. We're not implying that every person in your life all of a sudden is a relationship, right? No. Um, people come in and out and um and you're going to have people who think they're in a relationship with you um, and, and they could be using the situation as well. And so, and that's the risk you take, right? When you lead with your heart sometimes is that um, if you're um, it's hard then to maybe make that uh, to see what's happening, maybe to, to, to recognize that maybe this isn't a real relationship. This is just someone who's trying to use me for, for something that they might need. Yeah, no, it's hard to, it's hard to, this has got to be independent judgment. Uh, my my interest in this is to share with the uh, you know young entrepreneurs and the emerging leaders. Pay attention to these relationships; they're going to matter. And yeah. if you're if you're feeling it, it's worth the inquiry. And not every one of them is going to satiate you, yeah. but you but you can honor every one of them. 
I, I like that. Well, and in the book, you talk about um, the importance of networking and social capital. Could talk a little yeah. bit about that. Yeah, social capital is coming up all over the place in this conversation because social capital is, I mean, it's just what we should be doing to find success, in my opinion. Yeah. I've got a million stories about who knew who that got me there, that connected me to who that drove this success. Yeah. When I moved to Arlington, Virginia, one of my coworkers introduced me to a friend of mine. His name was Jeff and he owned a gym. Okay. Gym, gyms are really important for me socially and physically because they, they, for me, create positivity and physical fitness and they yeah. perpetuate a good thing. And if you're there too, then we have that in common right, right out of the gate. Right. And I have found a lot of success in friendships that have fostered positivity as a result. Yeah. Their foundation is, is, is pure. I've also met a lot of people I wouldn't want to talk to outside of the gym. So right. it's not everyone. Right. Yes. <laughs> when I was getting my real estate license and I was pursuing that vehicle for extra money and to take care of my family, my friend Jeff, 17 years, seven years later, said to me, I have a good friend I went to high school with. Her name is Jennifer, and she's a realtor at Keller Williams, and you should call her if you're interested in getting into real estate because she can help you learn the nuances of the game. Yeah. And I did. And the next thing I know, I've got a mentor her in her and a reputation such that I was invited to buy into the practice. Wow. Because of who I was connected with, how I maximized that opportunity, and the only reason I ever met her was because of a friend of mine and my social capital yeah, that yes, I paid attention yes. to. And it was a one-off. And I, in turn, sent gifts to Jeff and said, thank you, here's dinner on me for the introduction on my right. first transaction that yielded a commission check. You know, you pay it forward, you pay attention to the tea leaves. It's just one of a million stories of you never know when someone you know can help you out on the human level, yeah. indirect, indirectly or directly. That's so true. Well, and you know, that's actually a great segue into coaches, mentors, and advisors. We hope you enjoyed this episode of An Unconventional Guide to Success. In each episode, Scott and I will share experiences and relationships that have shaped us. Our next episode will focus on mentors, advisors, and coaches, and the difference between each one. Coaching is unlocking a person's potential to maximize their own performance. John Whitmore. An Unconventional Guide to Success is an inspirational, motivated series hosted by Scott Montgomery and Linda Nisigatis, recorded on Riverside.fm. Music, editing, and production by Logan Nisigatis. Check out Scott Montgomery's new book, How Did You Get Here?, and all the helpful related materials at www.howdidyougethere.com. At the end of each episode, we would like to leave you with a few questions offered to guide you in your personal exploration of how relationships and experiences are building your success. Take time to reflect and write about what arises. Who in your life is bringing you closer to success? When was the last time you pursued a new relationship? How can new relationships support you on your path to success? Thank you for joining us on our journey. If you would like to reach out to us, our contact information is in the show notes.